a series called I Choose. And last Sunday we talked about I Choose Life. This Sunday we're going to be talking about His ability. So I want to show you some scriptures today about His ability. And it is our choice to live in our natural ability or to live in His glorious, wonderful ability. Have you noticed that His ability is much greater than your ability? Amen. So let's look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We'll pray over the word as we uh, approach it today. Acts the first chapter, the eighth verse. Father, thank you so much for these precious ones that are here this morning. Thank you for speaking to us through your word and by your spirit. Thank you for supernatural strength for each and every individual in this place. Lord, I thank you for giving me utterance. I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that our hearts would be strengthened with glory and with might. We give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Now, the word ability means capacity. It also means capability. And it means potential. Now, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 And I'm looking at the Amplified Version. It says, but you shall receive power. Then he goes on to say, ability, efficiency, and might. Everyone say, ability, Ability. efficiency, Efficiency. and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. This just jumped out at me as I was driving yesterday. And you shall be. Because of his ability, you shall be, of course, in the context of Acts 1-8, you shall be my witnesses. But not only that, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying this, because of his ability that he has given to you, you shall be everything that God wants you to be. And because of his ability and you choosing his ability, you shall be able to do, come on somebody, everything that the all able one has for you to do. Amen. Amen. So in Philippians, the second chapter in the 13th verse, and sometimes, you know, the human side of us backs off from those things of being everything that God called us to be and doing everything God called us to do. But you know what? You're not relying on your own strength. You're not relying on your own ability. Amen? And I love how uh, this says this in the Amplified. It says in Philippians 2.13, not in your own strength. Everyone say that with me. Not my own strength. For it is God who is who is all the while effectually at work in you. Did you know you've got someone working in you 24 hours a day? And the Bible says he's doing it effectually. And as a result of that effectual working of him on the inside of you, it is energizing you. And notice, creating in you the power and desire both to will and to do His work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Thank God we can rely on the greater one. Thank God we have His ability on the inside of us. Now look at Philippians, the fourth chapter in the 13th verse. And this, by the way, is a great confession to make on a regular basis. You know, the King James says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 
The Amplified, and let's read it together. Let's personalize this. Ready? Read. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient. Hallelujah. Look at the first part of that verse again. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. That works in your midnight hour. That works on Monday morning or Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. when you get up to go to work. You have strength to do what God's called you to do. You've got strength. You've got power. You've got his ability to be a great dad, a great mom. God's grace is sufficient for all of us. Glory to God. So say with me, I have strength. For all things in Christ who has given me the ability. This came up in my spirit as I was preparing for this message. And that statement is this. Him putting his faith in you gives you the ability to partake of glorious things. See, God didn't just spread a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He also gave us faith to where we could receive what's on the table. He gave us great benefits, but he also put the measure of mountain-moving faith on the inside of every one of us. Amen. Brother Hagin used to say it like this, I have a measure of mountain-moving faith. Let's try that one on for size. Say it with me. I have a measure... One more time. I have a measure of mountain-moving faith. And... This gives you ability. This gives you ability to receive. In Colossians, the first chapter and the 12th verse, Paul writing to the church of Colossae reminded them to be a thankful church. He said, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet. Now, meet is an old English word for able. We could read it this way. Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. To partake of everything that God has provided for you, God has given you the ability to receive by putting His faith on the inside of you. Because of His ability and you choosing His ability, when mountains stand in your way, You can have what you say. When mountains stand in your way, you can move them by the grace of God. God's given you the ability and has put his creative power down on the inside of you. You can say to the mountain, be thou removed. Well, what kind of a mountain are you talking about? I'm talking about mountains of sickness and disease. I'm talking about mountains of depression. I'm talking about mountains of insecurity. Say of me, I am a whosoever, and I have whatsoever that I say. Mountain, in the name of Jesus, be thou removed. Now, the thing that I really want to center in on this morning is this. 
because of his ability given to you and you responding to it and choosing it, you can and I can overcome temptation. We can overcome temptation. We do not have to be overcome with evil. But you and I can overcome every test, every temptation, and every trial that God did not send, by the way. We can overcome them because we're choosing to live in the ability of God. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Let's look at that verse. First Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But your God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are what? Talking about this ability. Above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now every believer is tempted. Now when we hear the word temptation, normally our mind goes just to two or three areas. But temptation is a very broad thing. How many of you know you can be tempted to be depressed? You can be tempted not to tithe. (laughs) You can be tempted to fear. You can be tempted to doubt. You can be tempted to get angry, right? Temptation comes in many, many different forms. Amen. Now, temptation is this. It's the enemy trying to get you to go the wrong way and yield to things that will hurt you. And sometimes hurt other people around you. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, the temptations that you are facing are not uncommon to man, they are common to man. And the enemy likes to sow this lie into our hearts and our minds. Nobody knows what you're going through. You know that old song, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Followed up by this lie, nobody has been through what you've been through. Don't buy the lie. It's common stuff. The Bible says it's common to man. Everyone in this auditorium has been tempted. We will be tempted again. Jesus himself was tempted. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he got hungry. How many of you know you get hungry sometimes just sitting in church? Especially when the preacher talks about food all the time. My kids used to have a bet. How long is he going to go before he starts talking about food? And when the tempter came to him, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. What did Jesus do when the tempter came? He didn't sit there and try to outthink him and outreason him. He pulled out the sword of the Spirit and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So my point is this. Even though he was tempted, even though he was pulled... By the pull of the enemy, he did not yield to it. Now, this is a golden truth that I want you to understand. A lot of people don't understand this. It is not a sin to be tempted. 
See, the enemy brings all sorts of thoughts, all sorts of suggestions, and then he tries to get us to buy the lie that those thoughts and those suggestions are coming from our own lives. And then he'll slap a case of condemnation on you. How many of you know that in Christ Jesus, there is therefore no condemnation? That is, if we're walking after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Raise your right hand and say, I'm walking after the Spirit. And I will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Great verse of scripture. And you're supposed to be a Christian. All those stupid lies. Hebrews 4.15 says this. For we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in some points. See some of you are listening some of you are not. Okay. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without what? Any area that we've been tempted in, Jesus was tempted in those areas and beyond. And this statement that I just made flies crosswise with religion. To say that Jesus was tempted in every conceivable way is the truth. But the question is, is did he sin? Well, if he didn't sin, and he's given us the ability to overcome temptation, you and I don't have to sin when we're tempted either. Somebody says, well, I was tempted last night, and I sinned. Well, did you repent? Well, no. Well, you better. Because there's another temptation waiting around the corner. Hallelujah. See, God can help us master temptation. It doesn't have to master us. In Hebrews, the second chapter, in the 18th verse, are you listening up today? Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18, I don't have a long word, but I've got a good word. And I've got a word that'll change your life. Amen? I've got to get warmed up for Copeland's meetings. One word can change your life forever. Amen? Hebrews, the second chapter, and the 18th verse. It's good to have our pastor friends from Alameda here today. They're from Brazil. Wave at everybody. Praise the Lord. Let's give them a hand. Good to see you. Good to have Christina here, our graduate from Rama. God bless you. So good to have you guys here today. Hebrews, the second chapter, in the 18th verse, says this. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted... He is able to secure them that are tempted. Secure simply means he is able to help those that are tempted. In other words, because he's been through it, he can help us go through it. So we look at that word help. And immediately on the inside of me, I think this. And I say this. I have a helper. I have a helper. Ooh, hallelujah. Don't you know you have a helper? He's the Holy Ghost, the one that gives you ability, the one that gives you efficiency, the one that gives you might, the one that came upon you, the one who indwells you, helps you. And he'll help you to overcome just like Jesus has overcome. Now, this is a big statement, but I'm going to make it. And that is this. God has given every one of us his divine ability 
so that we are able to resist, we are able to overcome any and every temptation. I mean any one of them. And if you're tempted to overeat, you can get victory over that. Amen. Don't try to cast the calories out. Just put your body under. Now, I want you to notice this, because this lines up with the statement I just made in the Amplified Version of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I'll make this statement again as they pull it up. God's given you divine ability so that you're able to resist, overcome any and every temptation. Now, that's a mouthful right there. You know, we, we may not get out until 1130 if I read that verse. So we're going to cut it in half. And I want you to notice with me, but God is faithful. Everyone say it with me, my God is faithful. My God is faithful. Well, what is he faithful to, Pastor Mark? Well, he's faithful to me and he's faithful to you. But God is faithful, number one, to his word and to his compassionate nature and he can be trusted. Glory to God. We sang the song about trusting him today. Amen. Brenda exhorted about trusting him today. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed. Now listen, beyond your ability, which is his ability working in you, which you have chosen. Beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. Oh, say it with me. My God's faithful. Now notice with me the rest of the verse. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place, that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. So we see that God is faithful. He's given us the ability to resist. Now here's a statement from uh, a lot of theologians and a lot of religious people, good people, but they're wrong when they make this statement. They say things like this. Well, you know, Pastor Mark, our dear brother and sister, you know when they start talking like that, you're in trouble. When they start talking perpendicular... Hey, now listen to this. God won't put more on you than you can stand. And that, that sounds good, but where, give me the scripture. Give me the word. Where does it say that God will not put more on you than you can stand? In James chapter 1, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So to me, it doesn't sound like God's the author of temptation. It doesn't sound like to me that God is bringing the temptation. But rather, He's given us the ability to resist it. As a matter of fact, He always provides a way out. And Young's Living Translation says this, He makes an outlet. For every challenge that I've ever faced, for every challenge that you've ever faced, because God is faithful, He's always, always provided a way out of it. Amen? 
I saw something last night. I just want to read this quote from, from Spurgeon. He says, The devil I am to resist, and he will flee from me. But the lusts of the flesh I must flee, or they will surely overcome me. May the horrible trinity of the world, the flesh and the devil, never overcome us. You see, sometimes the temptation comes straight from demonic forces. Other times it comes when we yield to the flesh. Amen? And when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is completed, brings forth death. So we want to make sure that we don't blame the devil for everything. We want to make sure that we are doing our level best to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I heard a thousand people say amen. 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 So let's get back to our point. We are to resist it. And we are to stand against it. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, notice with me in verses 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, and this belongs to the cistern too. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Where? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might or in the power of His ability. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. There it is again. When you put on the whole armor of God, it gives you ability. Now you can choose to put the armor of God on or you can choose to leave it at the house. But as for me and my house, I've chosen his ability by putting on the armor of God. Amen. So he says, put on the whole armor of God of God for when you do you have the ability to stand against the wiles of the devil the word wiles there means strategies amen Amen. It, it could mean temptations now notice verse 13 wherefore take unto you half the armor no you need to take the whole armor of God that you may be able there it is again To withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, do what? Stand. Stand. You see, part of your armor is the shield of faith. When you take the shield of faith, it enables you to quench all of his flaming missiles. So he says here, having done all to stand, stand. Keep on standing. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on standing not keep on sleeping. Amen. Let's say it twice. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. So what that means to me is this. If I'm tempted with the same thing five times during the day, I need to resist five times. Amen. Now in James, the fourth chapter in verse seven, it says this. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and what will he do? He will flee from you. If you give God his rightful place over you, then you have the power and the ability to take your dominion and make sure the devil takes his place under you, which is under your feet. 
So it says, submit yourself therefore to God. In other words, give Him first place in your life. Amen? Amen? And then when you go to resist the devil, not assist the devil, what will happen? He will flee from you. And the word flee means he will run from you as in tear. Amen. So I got good news for you today. The good news is this. We don't have to keep falling over the same thing or into the same thing over and over again. And Jude says it very clearly in verse 24. And Jude 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling. He's able to keep you. He's able to enable you to stand against those things that you've yielded to in the past. No matter what comes against you from the outside, remember Greater is he that's on the inside than he that is in the world. Now, if we're going to overcome temptations the right way and the proper way, we need to make sure that we avoid the places of temptation. You know, when I got off drugs back in 1974 and 75, there were certain people, places, and things that I could no longer hang out with. Amen. Why? Because they were doing the very same things that I had been doing for years. And for me to go into that arena would be the danger zone. So we could say then that I was resisting that by avoiding it. I was resisting that by fleeing from it. See, there's nothing wrong with fleeing from things that are evil. I mean, that's what Joseph did. When Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph, what did Joseph do? Joseph did an exit stage right. He ran out of there. He ran out of there so fast that she grabbed his coat. And she accused him of sin. But listen, the Bible says that we are to flee fornication. Amen. Amen. There are some things as Christians we need to be wise about. We need to exercise some common sense. And avoid all people and all places and all things that does not contribute to our walk with God. Amen. You know, if you have been delivered from alcoholism, it's not a smart thing to go to a bar. Amen. It's not a smart thing to go to a bar and say, give me a lemonade. Because you don't know what they're going to put in that lemonade. You don't know what kind of Mickey they're going to put in that drink. No, it's just common sense. It's just using your head. It's the same thing with relationships. You know, if you've been a person that has been, been given to getting into wrong relationships and as a result, you know, getting into sin like immorality and fornication, i got a clue for you. You need to avoid those places. You need to avoid those people and those things that prompt you into that kind of a lifestyle. And see, that's what Ephesians says in the verse, chapter 4, verse 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. Stop giving the devil a place. Stop giving your flesh a place. You know, if a stray cat shows up to your door, the dumbest thing you can do is feed it. Because if you feed it, you got a stray cat friend forever. So what am I saying? What I'm saying to you is starve your flesh. Stop feeding the enemy. 
Every desire gets weaker and weaker when you starve it. I just want to close with just some, some good thoughts, some things for you to think about. Maybe you can help others with some of these thoughts. Begin to analyze your life and ask yourself questions like, when and where am I tempted the most? What are my vulnerability points? Am I tempted when I'm alone? Am I tempted when I'm with someone else? Another question. Are there certain circumstances that set me off and onto the path of temptation? You know, uh, the great coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, said, Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Are you taking care of your body? Are you making sure you're well rested? Some of the stupidest things and dumbest things that people have done have done with the vulnerability of being tired and not strong in their faith and strong in the Word and strong by praying in the Spirit. And as a result, they let their guard down. Another question is this. What is my thought processes before I yield to temptation? Another one is, do I make excuses for or do I justify the sin? Here's a big one. It's a big one in the body of Christ. Are my electronics a source of temptation? You see, we need more than sheer willpower. We need Holy Ghost efficiency. We need Holy Ghost ability. And we need to exercise authority over Satan. And make sure that we are built up in the Word and built up in our spirit. The greatest way that I know to build my spirit up is praying in the Holy Ghost. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know, when Jesus was praying in the garden, he says, Terry with me, could you guys for one hour pray with me for an hour? They all fell out. They fell asleep. He said, pray that you enter not into temptation. That's a principle. That's a life principle for us today. The more prayed up we are, the more aware we are of the greater one. Amen. Amen. And a force field of ability surrounds us. So when the enemy tries to penetrate us, we're built up in him. And we take the sword of the spirit, the mighty name of Jesus, and start pleading the blood. And start shredding him to smithereens. Come on, somebody. Woo! Glory to God. And then instead of dwelling on the tempting thoughts, dwell on God's powerful word. The Word of God is a mighty, mighty weapon in your arsenal. And here's one that's very important. I did this back in 74 when I was getting ready to to go into treatment. I called friends that had already been through it. I needed support. I needed help. I needed encouragement. And some of you here today may need some support beyond what you're able to do in your daily devotions. Reach out for help. Reach out for encouragement. You'll find that there are people in the body of Christ and there's places in the body of Christ that you can get help over the issues of life that have brought you down. I just dropped by to tell you that God loves you. 
And he is the glory. And he is the lifter up of your head. And through Christ you can do all things. You can and you must overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. I was looking on Tony Cook's website. And by the way, he's going to be here Tuesday night doing a seminar on Dream Team. It's going to be off the chain. Hey, was that cool? Off the chain. I might get me some Jordans and preach in some Jordans. And give me some of those jeans with holes in it. And roll my shirt up and start flexing. Woo! Glory. It's going to be off the chain. <laughs> going to be good. And then Wednesday night, we're having an impartation service. I want what Tony has on him. And of course, it doesn't come just by the laying on of hands. But man, I want to be under the spot where the glory comes out. But anyway, I would, that's it, Ronnie. Amen. I was on his website last night. Listen to a couple of these quotes on temptation. He said, temptation usually comes in through a door that has been deliberately left open. D.L. Moody said this, To be tempted is not sin. The strongest attacks are made on the strongest forts. Take heed, him that thinks he standeth, lest he fall. Don't start thinking you're all that. Because when you think you're all that, you've chosen your ability. We need to start thinking he's all that. And I choose his ability. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let's lift up both hands toward heaven and say, Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today that I have heard. And I believe it and I receive it. I draw upon your ability. I choose your ability, your might and your efficiency. So I rise up in the mighty name of Jesus and I put the devil on the run. And I declare I have victory over every temptation in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you get anything out of this today?